Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm your host, Sean Rowley, and with me as usual is Derek Spech. Hello. And joining us this evening is another special guest, David Lee, a.k.a. The Passionate Paddler. Thank you for having me out tonight. Hey, thanks for uh, joining us. You finally get to be here when Derek's here for a change. <laughs> yeah, it was a pleas- should... pleasure meeting him. I yes. only I only have special guests here when Derek's not here. <laughs> <laughs> so, we reason we have David here tonight is um, Canada's 150th birthday, and there's lots of events going on. Last week we talked about the Voyager Brigade yes. uh, Society doing all the big canoe trips um, all over the country, which is really cool, all in celebration of Canada's 150th birthday. And David, you have an event to talk about, the 150 for 150. Right. So what exactly is it? So the idea came for this, um, actually it came a couple of years ago, I think, when I think... Someone had brought up the idea of, uh, actually, I think it was CBC. They remember they were talking about um, the icons of Canada that that were representative of Canada and what right. what would stand out, like example, like a beaver, right? And um, so the canoe came up as as one of these important icons that that could certainly represent Canada. And I believe it was Kevin Callan at that time that mentioned that that really the Canadian flag, instead of having a maple leaf, it should be a canoe. Yes, yes. There was a YouTube thing about that saying, should it not have? We mentioned that Mm -hmm. on one of our shows. Yeah. That uh, Kevin had said. Right. You know, should we have a canoe instead of. Instead of the maple leaf. The maple leaf. Right. I mean, we all know how, um, how much of a importance the canoe played um, towards our country. Right. So that, when that discussion came around, I mean, it, it just kind of sat in my head. And I mean, it didn't materialize into anything other than just, you know, just in my head, you know, that canoe in that flag, right? And of course, last year, we came to the point where we start to hear about all these celebrations coming in preparations, preparation for Canada's 150th birthday. Right. And so I always have these ideas going through my head, and, and that's what ended up happening. I started to put this idea of the the canoe flag and, and, and the canoe celebration all together. And this is what I've come up with. And so this idea of 150 for 150 is simply about getting 150 canoes on Canoe Lake to celebrate Canada's 150, but with a twist. If you, if you see the logo that we've made for this event, it does have a canoe within the maple leaf. And so right. we are highlighting not only Canada's 150th birthday, but more importantly, more significantly, the role of the canoe um, that this canoe had on, on our country. Okay. So 150 canoes on Canoe Lake, which is in Algonquin Park. Right. Which is the oldest uh, provincial park. Right. In, on, in Ontario, right? Yeah. Um, I believe I believe it was actually a national park when it was first. Was the first, yeah. yeah. When it yeah. first, yes. Yeah. 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 So just canoes, no kayaks, stand-up paddle boards, rafts. <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, it's not surprising we have had some in- inquiries about whether they could bring their kayaks. Um, but because this, this is a celebration of the canoe, um, we decided that we would keep it just for canoes. I mean, I, have, I totally respect uh, kayakers, uh, you know, whitewater sea kayakers, and I totally respect even SUP, um, you know, S, what do you call them, S-SUPs? Or SUPs. SUPs. Stand, yeah, yeah, yeah. SUPs, stand-up uh, paddleboard. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and, and other paddle sports, wh- 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 whatever it is. But because we're just trying to highlight the canoe and, and its role in this country and to, to many of Canadians, right? We figured that the canoe is, is what we're celebrating and so the canoe should be representative in this event. The focal right. point of the event, yes. Right. Makes sense. Makes total sense. And so you, you became involved because you had the idea yeah. and then you just started putting out feelers to other people, you know, because I've noticed on your website there um, that it's all social media and bloggers and people that are all into. Correct. All so into how this. did you shop the idea to these people? Did you, <laughs> like, did it catch on quickly or did you? You know what? I, uh, to be honest, I had, did have some, you know, you know, setbacks at the beginning. I, I don't, the, you know, I had, I put this whole proposition in, in a big email 
right? And and I knew I couldn't do this myself. Right. But I knew, you know, as I've, I've you know come to enjoy social media and, and and make my presence in social media, that there were a lot of other people that shared the same passion, right? And so, of course, you know, this is a big project, and this takes a lot of time and energy. And I figured, you know, the same people that have the same passion about canoes, I figured they might share the same desire to do something like this, right? And so... Um, I did have some setbacks. Not not everybody seemed to be as perceptive to the idea. <clears throat> they probably and some some probably obviously knew that there was a lot of time commitment as well. And so <clears throat> when I first put put this idea out, I would say I would say probably about twenty five percent of the people responded as enthusiastic as I hoped. Right. And and the rest were kind of like uh, kind of like, let's see, whatever. Like, I, let I'm me not, know when it happens. Yeah, and I'll I'm not show sure. Up. Yeah, give yeah. you know, give me some more information, right? And so I actually let it sit because I I was kind of a little disappointed because I thought the enthusiasm would be there, but I decided to give it another shot, and and I rounded up a few more other people, and uh, this time I was able to get um, about a dozen people that were really interested, and and then away away I went. So just starting to gather momentum now. Exactly. I think, you know, see, this is the really important aspect of gathering a team together. If they don't see the same vision, they don't see, see, have the same passion, it's hard because there is a lot of work involved, right? There's a oh, lot definitely. of plan, you know, planning, there's a lot of communication back and forth to different people and, and, and whatever. And we've got to work together as a team, right? So if you don't really have that same passion and that uh, that energy you know to make this happen it's not going to work right yeah. and so that's what i was looking for like it, i thought to me to me the response kind of reflected what was going on in their heads and their minds or their hearts or whatever the case is right and i think i got the right group of people we've also had some people that dropped out you know along the way because they realized it was a little too much and which is fine you know and and so we've got now 11 people um, my my vision was to have twelve people anyhow, so we lost uh, one person. But in any case, it's it's working out great, and and the team that I have are just amazing group of people to work with. They've they've all they're all um, you know bringing their expertise and their skills to to the group, and and so far it's it's going well. Well, uh, looking at the the people now. Before we go further, I should tell everybody if you want to see it on the web. It's 150for150.com, being 150for150.com. And they have a, the, the team is, is on the website, the, the about, the, the, everything about it, what's going on. Um, but yeah, it, it all looks like it's a bunch of people that, you know, got a lot of connections and they're right into the, right. into this sort of thing, right? Right. They're, Getting, yeah, they're they're either bloggers, um, social media personalities. I mean, some are some have better presence on Instagram. Some have better presence on Twitter. Um, some on Facebook, right? Yeah. I mean, the, you know, some on all all platforms, right? It, like I said, the the main thing is I just wanted some um, these people to have that same drive and passion to make this a successful event, right? Right, right. So. You buy a ticket. Right. Um, again, the information is on either Facebook or the website, Eventbrite. Uh, you buy your ticket, $30 for a canoe. Right. And if you can fit 100 people in that canoe, <laughs> still $30. Not, yeah. I know there's, I, I, I've looked at the, the page and seen some of the questions, and um, I know one of is at $15 a person or... Or, or, or sorry, $30 a person or... It's per canoe, per canoe. Right? Per canoe, right. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. So, <clears throat> we, um, so with that $30, <clears throat> you register one canoe. And we're, we are certainly hoping that uh, the canoe gets filled by two people because we want to encourage more people to participate in this event. Right. And, and I think there's also uh, a safety aspect because, you know, being out on the water, if it's a little rough with the wind and stuff like that and trying to handle it, it's, n- it's a lot easier with two people in the canoe too, right? Yeah. So, but it is for one canoe. With that one, uh, with the $30, you get that one canoe registered and you'll also get two um what do you call it? a Canada 150 for 150 theme shirt and it will okay. be, be basically this logo right right so you will get two shirts and then you will also get opportunities to win some great prizes um we've already have some sp- sponsors on board that's that's an ongoing thing um we're still in touch with a lot of other companies and as as the as they 
you know, decide to donate whether gifts or monetary um, gifts uh, that will be that that will be displayed on the social media streams like so, uh, Facebook, and and then it'll give you a chance to see what kind of prizes that are up, uh, up for grabs, basically. Right. Okay. Um, so basically, the the plan then is when every, everybody's registered and you get your hundred and fifty canoes right. on the day June twenty fifth. Right. Twenty fifth. Yep. Yep. They uh, head on down to Canoe Lake in Algonquin Park. Right. And is there, you're just going to, right out in the bay? Yep. Uh, I guess you first one there will be the person with the big flag. <laughs> and <laughs> it'll just be, go meet the guy by the big flag? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the idea is uh, we'll be by the beach, right? Right. By where the, the access point is. And... Um, so we're probably going to have the canoes all shift over to probably the end of the bay. Right. Um, because we don't want it too close because there's a lot of docks there and, and boats going in and out and stuff like that. So we want it a little further out. And the whole idea is to have the 150 canoes form a big circle. Okay. And and inside that circle will be a, a north canoe. Um, and they were, again, they were used in the, in, back in the trade for um, trade. Just uh, about 22 to 30 feet. Yeah, um, I think I think it's around twenty five to thirty feet. Yeah, yeah. Um, now I, I could tell you this right off the bat: Algonquin Outfitters has gratefully offered their one of their North canoes for for this event. That's awesome. Yeah, wow, and that's so, good. Yeah, and so that canoe will be in the middle of that ring of one hundred fifty canoes, and from that canoe we will host um, hoist sorry up the the big flag that's being made. So this flag will be made in that logo. And we will hoist it up once we get the, the the canoes all set up in a ring. Awesome! That that you know what it's, it sounds cool. Now, Derek, <laughs> unfortunately, I will be a west paddling through the Rockies at that time. <laughs> uh, so Derek will be will be joining. Right. Yes. Um, so he will be one of those. 150 canoes. Yes. And <laughs> he sounds so enthusiastic. <laughs> like I'm forcing him to do it. Well, I'm know? thinking of all the logistics in the back of my mind because in the summer, in June, it's going to be busy there as it is. Yes. And the parking lot back Canoe Lake is, is not that big. So you're going to have an extra 150 vehicles, 150 canoes. It's going to be tight for parking. Right. Yeah, so, parking. yeah, we, we're already thinking about this and um, I need to talk more with my contact at, at uh, um, Algonquin Park and figure a way. Now, like, I mean, in general, we are going to, like, information is not coming out yet, but we will certainly be encouraging everyone to try to... Um, have shuttles going on um, to share a vehicle, whichever the case is, or or do a, like a drop off pick up kind of idea. Right. Um, I've also heard that Tea Lake, um, there's a campground. So I'm not very familiar with car camping sites, but they say there's a campground on Tea Lake, and they say you can actually paddle right from there to Canoe Lake. Yes. Yeah. So yes. so there there, and then I already know people are registering for campsites there. Yep. So that will eliminate some of the vehicles coming into coming into the event. Right. So for sure, we're, we're already thinking about the logistical challenges and try, and we're going to try to figure a way to, to maximize efficiency so that we don't have a, a nightmare in terms of the vehicle vehicles and things like that. Yeah, because you don't want a backlog of people waiting to right. load and unload canoes. And, exactly. Yeah, I think, exactly. I think it'll be have to... Yeah. And we'll traffic, uh, right? And we're gonna have um, volunteers hopping out, you know, to help unload and load canoes so that we can get this moving fairly, fairly quickly. Fairly quickly, right? yeah. So, yeah, we're we're definitely thinking about these things in in, in mind right now, putting these these things in mind, and we'll definitely have some kind of uh, procedure in place so that uh, it will it will go smoothly. What are yeah. your numbers so far? Are you, uh... yeah, you know what? Um, so. The it, it opened on Monday morning at okay. six o'clock, uh, mm-hmm. six a.m., and as of yesterday, uh, well, so actually this morning, which is which makes it forty-eight hours, we had sold already almost half the tickets. Oh wow! Wow, that's yeah. impressive. It is hugely impressive. We, that's a really big response. Yeah, I I was totally blown away. I didn't expect it. I mean, we've barely just started to get exposure, right? Um, and so we didn't expect that kind of uh, people to register so quickly. But the the response has been amazing. I mean, I think I, I said this on a post on my Facebook just uh, just today is that to me it it was evident 
that there are passionate canoeists out there and passionate uh, Canadians out there. And, and, and they all want to be a part of this, this event. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's amazing to see that they're all coming in droves to sign up for this event. So, you know what, in two days, we're already half full. So I don't know. I mean, will it be, will it be full by the end of the week? I have no idea, but it, it, it's, it's a great show. That's for sure. And you know what, it definitely sounds, it's not something you get to do every day. No. I mean, the 150th birthday Canada comes around once. Right. And something like this comes around once. Right. Yes. And there's enough people that are passionate about canoeing and canoes and mm-hmm. and history right. that yeah, they're going to jump on it. Yeah. So, you know what? I, it that, wouldn't surprise me if they And that brings really up fast. another question is, uh, like, are you aware of any similar events? Because right now, nationally, there's a program for 150, one for 150, and, and there's national events going on across Canada right. that probably be very similar to this. Are you aware of any other that you know what? somebody's competing similarly? Yeah. I, you know, honestly, I don't, I didn't even look into it. What, no? what, whether there was any other groups uh, trying to organize canoes together. So here's the interesting thing. I know that there is that um, on National Canoe Day, which is actually on the Monday, which is the 26th, yep. they do have that... Um, uh, you know, is it paddle the locks or yeah, uh, lift locks? Lift, or, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so they had a record number last year. Yeah. Now we had considered about having um, our our event on the National Canoe Day just because of the significance of the day, but because we knew that there was going to be, we just didn't want to compete with them. Okay. An overlap because people yeah. want to do exactly. one or the other. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And in Peterborough's not that far from Huntsville, right? So we figured, you know what, let's not interfere with that. But more importantly, being on a weekend is a lot more accessible. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Right. On a Monday, you know, people would have to take time off work. Whereas on a weekend, being on a Sunday, people can make a weekend out of it. They can come to the park and and enjoy enjoy their time there for the weekend, right? And then be part of this event. Um, I've also had someone ask, or a few people ask, why didn't you do it on July 1st? Well, as you can imagine, there's going to be a lot of events a, going, yeah, yeah going yeah. across the country, right? And a lot of people are probably going to different events. But imagine the the crowds of people at the park. Yes, during July, that long oh, weekend, yeah. your event would get lost in yeah. the noise. Right. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. I mean, to deal with 150, uh, sorry, 150 canoes, possibly 300 people, is big enough as it is. Could you imagine the crowds on All a long the weekend traffic on top and, of that? Right? Yes. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so um, I think we made the right decisions to just try to avoid Good those. Good plan. <laughs> just avoid <laughs> making a, a bigger mess of it, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that. Yeah, yeah. I never, never thought about that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, 150 canoes with all that holiday traffic. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's talk schedule. Okay. You are starting Saturday morning. Right. Um, you'll be unveiling the 150 for 150 logo and flag. Right. And you get to meet the canoe crew. Right. Being you guys. Right. You and all your your cronies and <laughs> exactly. your gang, whatever you want to call them. You know what? I think, you know, in our group, we're not big. Um, I mean, even though we, you know, I, I would still say we're pers- uh, social media personalities and, and people that have some kind of presence in the in the community of canoeists or outdoor, outdoor um, you know, enthusiasts, right? But we're not big. We're not we're not big superstars or anything no, like that, no, right? No, no, you're yeah. average, ordinary people that are that have a little bit of presence, yep. right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll definitely say that. But to me, the the other reason why I wanted to do this, it was kind of like, and I, I have followers, right, that follow my my journeys, my my trips, and stuff like that, and they're very supportive, right? And so this event, besides the fact that you know, I also want to celebrate the canoe, I want to celebrate the country and, and whatnot, it was my way of wanting to give back. And right. so to round this group of fellow canoeists and fellow outdoor, outdoor enthusiasts, it was like the small man just giving back. Right. right? We, we have superstars. We have people like Kevin Callan. We have people like Hap Wilson. They're probably involved in big events, right? This is just the small man's version of, hey, let's give back to the community that has give, given us so much. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. It really, it really right. does. And you seem to have gathered a, a great group of people to, to get all this together anyway. Yep, I certainly have. Um, but not only are you doing the, the meet the meet and greet there. Right. You've got Canoe Olympics <laughs> going on and a canoe display. 
Yeah, you should you should have, you should have saw the faces in the in the smirks when I mentioned it to our our group, our you know our organizers, and and they all kind of laughed. And you know what? Again, this is kind of our way of kind of giving back. So I said, uh, you know, there, there will be a lot of people that will be there for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Right, and of course, some people may opt to do their own thing, which is totally fine. But if they're there, if they like to come and see us and meet us and greet us or whatever the case is, but more so, you know, they're going to get a chance to see, you know, uh, some amusing things from us. Right? right. And so I we plan this kind of Olympics canoe related um, events where we'll be competing against each other, and and the crowds get to to you know um, to cheer each of the teams on right and 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 maybe even also be part of the event we're just we're, we still haven't sorted out exactly what's going to happen we know we have some ideas still some tweaks to be made oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but definitely uh we have some 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 funny events and it's going to be all canoe related so it will be a lot of fun and uh, and it'll give a chance to you know for them to come here come out and see us you know having fun right right um the event itself it's going to be uh, you know, I would think it's going to be fairly stressful because we're going to want to make it, you know, work out well. And there's not that chance to to kind of laugh and have that kind of fun. Like, you know what I mean? It's because we're going to be so focused on making sure it works. Well, whereas this event on the day before will we'll see us more relaxed and, and having fun and then inter- in being able to mingle with, with the crowds, right? And mingle with the, the yeah, followers. Follow and it's a weekend. You might as well make the full weekend if you can. And- exactly. Now the actual um, event is Sunday starting. Registrations twelve uh, ten till twelve. Right. Uh, the flag signing. Right. So we're gonna have um, as it stands, we're making two flags, uh, three feet by six feet, I believe. So the one flag will be um, on the canoe, on the north canoe. Right. Now the other flag will be for all the registrants uh, or people who've registered with the canoes. They'll have a chance to sign this canoe canadian theme flag right right and we're hoping um we're talks right now to have it um hopefully put up at the canadian canoe museum nice that'd be cool so i I can't say for certain if if it's if it's if it's um if they're willing to do that but it's something that we're looking at into well hopefully they're listening right now and yeah yeah well (laughs) it's out there we got to do it now (laughs) yeah exactly and it's just you know what it's it's everyone you know um giving some nice greetings right whether it's it's regarding the canoe or or canada and we figured um because this flag is very um representative of the canadian flag but because it, it highlights the canoe we just figured it, w- it would have a, a great place at the Canoe Museum. Absolutely, yeah, yeah definitely That's a good would. idea. Definitely would. Yeah. Now, do you have any? Do you have media partners? Are you like arranging for any news coverage or like CBC or? So at this point, I can't say yet what we have. Um, we do have people working on it. So, uh, like like our organizer, everyone's given a specific task, and we have people looking after the media side of it. And certainly, they will be in contact with the local uh, newspapers, radios, and stuff like that um, to uh, see if they're interested in covering. Now, I've already got some information to to say that there are already some interests. Uh, I'm not going to say yet who, but uh, even just just um, the other day, Canoe Roots has uh, signed on to to help promote the event. Oh, nice! And cool. to cover it, um, so they'll have an article in in the magazine. For sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, a good idea. The new editor, Alyssa. Um, Alyssa Lloyd uh, reached out to me, and uh, and yeah, we've we've uh, I got her in contact with Gail, who's who's looking after the media side of things, and she gave her our me- our news release, and yeah, they they've agreed to to cover it and to help promote it. So awesome! Yeah, th- these are just the small baby steps we're taking, but we definitely would like to get more coverage of the event, and I think you know what there will be an interest seeing it's um, you know, especially in the Huntsville area, like yeah. the local areas, right? Because they'll definitely um, uh, you know, they'll also want to encourage other locals to participate in the event as well, too. So I'm sure they'll be on board. I think so. I yeah. think so. Um, but, you know, yeah, it, it's really sounding like it's going to be a, a huge event. Uh, so let's talk quickly about where everybody can get all the information. Yes. Yeah, you must so have I've, I've various already, Yeah, I've platforms. already mentioned... Right. The 150for150web.com website. Right. So, yeah, that that will be um, 
that will have pretty much all the information. So definitely go check it out there. You'll have an opportunity to obviously register your, your canoe there uh, through Eventbrite. Um, they'll have information about all the organizers. And you'll have information there about the schedule and the dates and all that kind of stuff. So everything will be there. Um, there will be more things added as, as time goes on. And you'll also get to certainly check out the sponsors and, and supporters. So I'll just briefly mention that the sponsors are those that are, are providing monetary gifts or, or physical gifts um, to, to the event. And those gifts will be the ones that people have a chance to win so any of the people that have registered they'll have right. a chance to win some cool prizes i already know off the bat there's like a 150 dollars gift certificate coming out from the outland supply company there was another company that was providing um back backcountry custom canoes that are, is providing a, a um what do you call it? a bench shaft paddle okay uh, uh custom bench shaft paddle so things like that they're they're going to start rolling in and, and it'll be an awesome opportunity to win some some really cool prizes now the supporters um we've kind of separated the designations so the supporters are we're, we've invited canoe manufacturers to attend the event now um what we you know it's not costing them anything it's just an opportunity for them to bring one of their canoes to display it and and we actually encourage them to to put a Canadian theme to it, right? So um, if they've got uh, you know a creative a designer at their shop, or you know it may not be a logo, it could be just a color, it could be uh, a trim, right? right? But anything something something that's a little more unique in their lineup to come and display their canoes, right? And uh, so hopefully we'll have a few of them to display. I think we've already got half a dozen manufacturers already signed up yeah we've got um backcountry custom canoes we've got langford we've got holy cow canoe company we've got composite creations um what else who else do we have um so like i said there's there's a few and there's going to be more oh yeah there's muskoka uh paddle uh, muskoka canoe works i believe yeah and they're they're doing cedar strip okay no cedar canvas sorry cedar (laughs) canvas cedar canvas canna canoe is is doing cedar strip and, and and Muskoka Canoe Works is doing cedar canvas. They're doing and, these canoes for this event, or yeah. So either, like I said, uh, they may bring one that they have, mm-hmm. or they may bring one. Like, I mean, it's not a rec- um, requirement that they have to make a special edition canoe. Yeah. But we kind of encourage it, right? Because yeah. it's you know it's a special event, and I told them that because it might be a one-off canoe with three hundred canoes there. There might be a might be a sale that there day. might be a, a sale. sale exactly yeah. right I mean you know a lot of people like to have a, a canoe that kind of stands out from the rest yeah this might be your opportunity exactly right? yeah. yeah and so um, yeah and, and it's not costing them anything it's just a- asking them to participate in the event and and you know again it's just to show you know their their enthusiasm for this event and for the canoe right I mean yeah. these these folks are making their canoes it's their livelihood right and it's a chance to put a little bit of creativity. And, and show their, their craft to, to the people, right? Right. Yeah. Well, to me, it sounds like from from a bit of a disappointing beginning that you had, <laughs> that this is turning into quite the, You've the event. You've hit your stride. It's been very successful. I, I think so. I, I am really, really happy. How You're it's... afraid now, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it kind of just blows over your head and you're like, whoa, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think just... You know, I'll put this analogy out there, and I think it, it's set, this analogy has been spoken about many times. It's it's like, you know, you're on a difficult canoe trip, right? You've got some challenges, you get lost, you got you're thick in the bog of in in, in a portage or whatever the case is, right? And you just, you know, there are days that you just, you know, you just kind of want to yell out and just kind of yell out your frustration because things are not going the way it, 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 you know you think it's supposed to go or it's raining two days after you know one day after another right but you just stick it through right and then and then maybe it's that last day right and you you're on a beautiful campsite and and you've got you know a, um you know there's no bugs and there's a rainbow or whatever the case is and you kind of you know it could be like literally it could be like a minute and and you just say to yourself it was all worth it Right? Yeah, and so you know, there's going to be struggles, and there's going to be struggle. There were struggles, you know, prior, and there's going to be struggles coming up, right, with this event. And uh, it's, I think, it's that you know, stick with it, like just work through it, and then, and I think the end result is going to be something beautiful and wonderful. 
Well, it definitely sounds like it's it's going to come together, and I think something you should be proud of. And uh, I think everybody's going to have a an excellent time. And Derek's going to have to tell me how great it was. <laughs> there better be pictures, and there better be video and phone calls and <laughs> the whole the whole meal deal. Well, I think as a participant, a lot of people, and even as an organizer, to be a part of something that's bigger than yourself, I think there's a lot of value in that. That's what yeah. I was trying to think what people are going to gain out of this and what the what the end goals is. And this is, for me, it would be being a part of something that's bigger than yourself. Right. A once-in-a-lifetime thing. Right. Yeah. When it right. comes down to it. Yeah. It's like and, you say. You yeah. know, and, and it's funny. I was talking about this with another fellow just recently, and it's like, if I don't do this event, there's never going to be another chance for me. No, absolutely. 200 I mean, years is long. 200, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's another 50 years yeah. from now. If I'm, a, if I'm alive then, I might be the one in the wheelchair in the canoe in trying the canoe. to, <laughs> try to participate in another event. Great, great grandkids yeah. to tote you around the lake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I figured if I'm going to do it, I got to do it now. And and uh, and you know what? I think the, the nice thing about it is, you know, I've highlighted, you know, not, you know, I think the canoe means a lot to many uh, Canadians. You it know? does, and and it means different things to different people. To 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 some people, it's a recreational vehicle, right? It 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 gives them a chance to get their family out and enjoy the wilderness, right? For some, it, it it's it's uh, it's a classic. It, it it's um, or a romantic thing, right? Where it takes them back to history and and into to the fur trade um, um, environment and and whatnot, and it just it gives them that connection to the past, right? But ultimately, it, it just it's about this vessel that really opened this country up and, and created this uh, country. Without you know, I don't know where we would. Otherwise, be. yeah, because we there's so many lakes and rivers, and and a lot of the areas were only accessible because we were capable of crossing it by boat, right? Yeah. By canoe, exactly. And so yeah, and and you know when I when I um, I started as a big backpacker, but then when I got into the canoeing aspect and and when I started reading about it and learning more about the country and how this country has a network of waterways that literally expand from, from coast to coast, it made sense why this canoe is, is the perfect vessel. Right. Right. And, and you know what, then we really have to give, um, you know, our, our respects to the ones that originated, the, the indigenous people, the first yeah. nations people that gave us that gift that allowed us to exactly. create this country. Yeah. Yes. yeah you know what? <clears throat> When you when you look right back at every little detail, Canada wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. You know? The Americans had the uh, the horses and the trains. Truck wagons. The, way, the truck wagons. And yeah. we had canoes. Yeah. yeah. Just, it's the, geography. It's just down to geography, right? Right. Yeah. Yep. It definitely is. Well, i got to say good luck on uh, on the whole event. Uh, it's still a few months away, but, yeah. you know... <laughs> It, it looks like it's going to, I think it's going to turn out really well for you. And I really look uh, forward to hearing all about it. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Not a problem. So let's take a quick break here. And uh, when we get back, we're going to talk to you about something else. Okay. No problem. You are listening to Paddling Adventures Radio on Reno Viola Outdoors. Do you enjoy getting on the water with a paddle in your hand? If so, this show's for you. Listen to Paddling Adventures Radio every Wednesday at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. and see what's happening in the world of paddle sports. Paddling Adventures Radio. Whether you're close to home or far away, grab a paddle and get on the water. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. And welcome back. We are with David Lee, the passionate paddler today, joining us to talk about uh, his 150 for 150 event. And David also, I know, does some work with Eureka. Now, I have um, the Eureka Spitfire Solo Tent, which I've been using for years, and they don't make anymore, I guess. Nope, not anymore. Which kind of sucks, but hey. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But they do have uh, other tents and whatnot. So I want to, before we get into their their big uh, thing that we're going to talk about, 
Um, let's talk a little bit about the tents they do. Sure. If, with, I mean, they, they have everything from solo tents up to family style to expedition tents, the whole deal. For the person that is a solo or two, three people, right. wh- what kind of tents that they make do you, would you recommend? So um, let's talk about the solo tents right off the bat. They have a variety of uh, solo tents, and I've tried probably pretty much all of them except the one. Now, I think, so this, the, the Mari is the one that I haven't tried. Now, it's a narrow solo tent, but it has a front entry. And it has a small vestibule. So it's not one that I tend to favor. I personally like side entries. Right. Because they also give you a little bit more space for vestibules. So in the same line um, as the Mari would be the Midori. And that's the side uh, side entry uh, side entry one that has a bigger vestibule. And, it, and it's a door just on the one side. Right. And you know what? I I I prefer the side as well. Right. As opposed to crawling out or... Right. Out from one of the ends, right? Yeah, and you got a little bit more cover. Like, you know, like you said, you can have your gear in there and have access to it, right? Whereas the front entry, you've got very little uh, vestibule space. Yeah. And so it, it's always have, it's always nice to have that extra real estate. Well, the thing I like about the side entrance as well is if you're on a long trip, the first couple of days, right. you know, your muscles are all sore. So that just allows you to roll out. <laughs> 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 just unzip it and roll out on out of the tent, right? Yeah. So that's, that's always helpful. Yeah. Um, they have a few other ones. Um, so you've, you have the, what do you call it? was the Spitfire. The Spitfire solo, yeah. One that they've had for the longest time. And I think, I believe it's their lightest solo tent. It's called the Solitaire. Yeah. And uh, it almost kind of, it kind of reminds me of a bivy. Because the, the old bivy sack, yeah. Yeah, like a bivy sack. Um, but it's obviously not. It, it is a tent. But it's it's low to the ground. It's it's you know not too narrow, but it also like it, you can't sit up in the tent, so you're kind of forced to slide in and then slide out. Right. It's almost like a low tube. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's it's a low profile tent, and the other thing about this tent is that it's um, the reason why it's also really light is because it's not freestanding. So all there is is two small hoops that uh, go from the top. And one at the bottom, a smaller one at the bottom. Which is exactly like this, the Spitfire. Exactly. Yeah. But the Spitfire is a you lot higher. You can sit higher. that. Yeah, exactly. you can sit up in that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I talked about it, to people ask me about it, I said, I've got enough room to sleep. Right. And to sit up. Yeah. Other than that, that's it. There's enough room that my feet aren't touching the one end. Yeah. And there's enough room that I can put tomorrow's clothes or whatever <laughs> up by my head. Yeah. That is it. Yeah. You know? Um, so it's ideally suited for an ultralight solo camping. It's, you're definitely going to need a tarp for yeah. inclement weather. You're, yeah. You can't really be, I think it'd be very confining to be in such a small tent during, during any long periods of rain or whatever, when oh, you're, yeah. or yeah. windbound or. For sure. For sure. I mean, you know what, the surprisingly, surprising thing is that a lot of, um, I, I don't know, you call them motorcyclists or, or if, yeah. there's, if there's yeah. a term that they're, they're the ones that kind of do these long uh, cross-country okay, tours yeah. and that, yeah. Yeah, yeah tours, uh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> they tend to pick these up because it's so small and compact. And what they're doing is sometimes they call it stealth camping where they pull into a field, a farmer's field or whatever. They set up the tent really quickly, sleep, and then they get up early and then they take off. They're right? off so, again. Yeah, so these ty- types of tents, it's not a big deal for them because they're not really staying there too long. And even if, it was, if the weather was inclement, they still have to get going. So they'll pack up and then just head out, right? Yeah, yeah, they don't take very much time to set these these solo ones up. Yeah, the other option that is is quite popular these days is hammocks. Right. Yeah. And yeah, and we have uh, in the Eureka lineup one hammock called the Chrysalis. Now, the Chrysalis is not the lightest uh, hammock out there, nor is it the most compact. But I found it to be like one of the most comfortable um, hammocks out there. It's got two spreader bars that, that are metal on either end, and, and it allows the person lying in the hammock to be more of in a like a horizontal position. Right. Whereas a lot of the hammocks tend to not have these spreader bars because they're, they're trying to be lightweight and small. So in order to be verti- more like horizontal, not vertical, they have to kind of sleep at an angle in order to maintain that, uh, that 
you know, a horizontal position. Whereas this one, you can literally sleep on your side and even roll on your stomach if you wanted to. So um, it's called the chrysalis, but it, it is really, really comfortable. So there's solo tents. There are solo versions of tents and hammocks. They got they've got plenty of uh, options anyway. Mm-hmm. I, I in the last few years, I've found I'm migrating more towards hammock style tents. I have myself uh, a Hennessy, yep. and uh, we talked about Kickstarter a couple times. I've I've got a Kickstarter uh, camping hammock. Nice. It's I. I well, I find as I'm getting older, I don't sleep that well on the ground anymore, right. and that's what I like about the hammocks. And uh, like the uh, the Hennessy hammock, it's nice. It's a asymmetric asymmetric tent. You just sleep slightly off angle, right. and and you get a flat platform to sleep on. Yep. And uh, whereas the chrysalis from Eureka, it's uh, it's an interesting design. It they have a little drop pocket for your feet, so you do sl- sleep more flat. Yeah, because it, like a hammock. In my experience, if you can't get flat, it's really, it ends up being a little bit uncomfortable yeah. in that U-shape all the time. Exactly. So I, I like the look of the chrysalis, the way, and it'd be interesting to try it out, the way you could sleep flat. It even has a sort of a gear pocket up by your head too. Yeah, there, there's kind of uh, pouches on either end. So yeah. there's one on your head that's smaller and they have one up by your feet. And so that's the thing. You can just throw all your gear, some stuff behind you and some at the foot of your your uh, hammock and, uh, and away you go. Like you don't have to you know, leave it out if you don't want to. Yeah, right. and I found that the, that's sort of the drawback as I'm migrating towards uh, hammock camping is it's where do you put the gear. So yeah. I, I've devised a method where I hang a MEC bag between trees and okay. tarp it and stuff like that, yeah. but everything is away from my tent because I can't store anything in the Hennessy, oh, right? Oh, I see. Interesting. So it's, yeah. Well, but the, what, the other option, if you're going by yourself, is a two-person tent. Then you bring your gear in with you. <laughs> and Eureka has plenty of those too. Yes, but like I'm saying, it's a, it's a hammock, right? And that's why I like the chrysalis. It'd be interesting to try it out because I like the look of the design. Yeah. You know what? I'll, I'll be honest. When I first tried that hammock out, you know, when you when you sleep so well that you when you wake up, you're in that same position. You haven't moved all night. Yes. Yeah. That's no thrashing. That's the feeling I get when I'm in this hammock. Nice. I, I literally woke up in the same position, and I I, I knew I had an amazing sleep. So I agree, um, Jarek. Like it is it is really comfortable, mm-hmm. and you don't have the hard ground underneath you. So um, it is a treat. But you know there are disadvantages. Like you know if the weather was inclement. Right, and and maybe you need to spend more time at camp. You know, um, it's not exactly the easiest to sit and move move around. Yes, to change your clothes mm-hmm. can be confined. Like, yeah, yeah it's stuff confining. like that. Yeah. So um, there certainly are some disadvantages, but you know, you got to take the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. Put it on Kickstarter; he'll buy one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But again, as I was saying, if you, you know, don't want the uh, hammock option or want to keep your gear with you, there are two and three person tents that uh, Eureka offers. Right. Uh, now, I know the El Capitan you hear a lot about. Yeah, it's, it's they're pretty much their most popular canoe tripping tent. Yeah. Uh, it's been around for many years and, and it is a solid product um, in terms of the, the waterproofing, um, in terms of the features that it has, uh, the the fly also has a ripstop nylon, right? So all these features. It also has a ridge pole. So this is a, a simple crisscross design, right? Right, rectangular crisscross design. But they've put that extra pole in the middle to give you headroom in the vestibule. So the, the one of the frustrating things for a lot of people is that when they when they pull out of a, a of a tent that doesn't have this this uh, extra cross pole, is that the fly is literally at their heads. And so let's say you you swing out of the tent to put your shoes on, whatever, right? Um, your head ends up touching the fly. And quite often the fly has some condensation. Or Been there, done that. Yeah. yeah. So by having that ridge pole, it, it, it brings up, uh, gives you more headroom. And, and it actually expands that headroom forward as well, too. So that makes that vestibule a lot more... I guess you can say more livable space. Yeah, and that's what I that's what I look for in a tent. And I mean, you look at if you go to Eureka um, site there, uh, EurekaTentsCanada.com, you can see all their solo two and three person tents. I don't see you taking more than a even a three person tent on a canoe trip. 
Um, but having that vestibule mm-hmm. is definitely a, a plus. Oh yeah, I mean, I think we all know that having you know certain gear with you and not having it in the tent is a lot more convenient um, than having it outside of the vestibule. Like yeah, like your stinky shoes or yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, talking of stuff that you wish you had, right? Uh, the one of the things I know because I do a lot of tripping in June. Okay. Prime bug season. Oh yes. And there's days where I wish I had a bug tent. <laughs> well, Eureka has just released their no bug zone mesh room. That's correct. What can you tell us about that? So, um, now I don't know the, the reason behind the, uh, the design of this, uh, mesh room, um, whether it's from market pressures or, or maybe some, uh, requests from, from the people that own the VCS. So the previous version from this no bug zone is their, was what they call their VCS variable component system. Right. And they had them in two sizes, the 16 foot length and the 13 foot length. And so they're both separate. Um, they're, they're actually, they're in two pieces. So you got the mesh room that buckles up and, and attaches to the tarp, the top part of it, um, if you need. So in the, in the case of the bug season, people would take both, obviously, right? And let's say if you're tripping in the fall, you don't need the mesh room. You can take the mesh off and just take the tarp. Right. So that's that was the versatility of the VCS. This no bug zone mesh room has now remove that separation and now that mesh wall is attached to the outer edge of the tarp and so what what this is has allowed is that okay so this uh no bug zone is actually the vcs 13 right. equivalent but because now that the fat uh the mesh is attached to the outside of the 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 tarp you've got the space of the vcs 16 the interior space and you have still the light, lightweight, um, compact size of the VCS 13. Yeah, because this comes in uh, five pounds. Right. That's not not too bad, really. No. And 81 square feet. Yeah. Uh, inside fit eight adults. Yeah, I, I mean, I think eight adults is is a generous number. I mean, you could fit them all sitting in there uh, fairly snugly. Yeah. Um, but I, you know what, I found that for the VCS 13. Um, you know, you could fit four people a little tight. Um, so with this extra f- uh, footage, I think for four people would be generous. Six people would be, you know, comfortable. And then if you get to eight people, you'd be pretty snug. Well, I mean, with something like this as well, if you just want to throw your sleeping bag on the ground. Yeah. It's... You know what? That's the beauty of this thing. It, You know what? If you have it nicely, um, what do you call it, uh, pegged to the ground. Yeah. You could definitely use it as a tent. I mean, if as long as it's not raining like horizontally, you got you know a hurricane coming your way, uh, then yeah, by all means, because the mesh does deflect a lot of the water for a little, you know, if it's a little bit of rain. But I have slept in there, um, you know, and, and not taken a tent. Yeah, well, it definitely looks pretty good, and you know, even just sitting in there, you know, it allows you to stay outside, especially in June if you're going in June when all the prime bugs. Well, exactly, are. and the typical bug shelters that for car camping or whatever, have a lot of heavy tent poles. This is something that I'm actually shopping for this year. Uh, I'm getting the kids three and six out in summer camping, and uh, I need something to keep the bugs off them, right? Yeah. Well, for those with hammocks, the two doors have three sliders, which will allow you to set up your hammock inside the shelter and still be protected. Good idea. Put this bad boy on Kickstarter and he'll (laughs) buy four. (laughs) Well, it definitely looks like something... uh, we need to be checking this out, and, and uh, Derek, buy one so I can use it in June. <laughs> well, right. we'll see. Sound we'll like see. a plan? It's on the shopping list. Excellent. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. You are listening to Paddling Adventures Radio on Reno Viola Outdoors. Do you enjoy getting on the water with a paddle in your hand? If so, this show's for you. Listen to Paddling Adventures Radio every Wednesday at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. and see what's happening in the world of paddle sports. Paddling Adventures Radio. Whether you're close to home or far away, grab a paddle and get on the water. Welcome back. 
Uh, we'd just like to take a minute and thank David Lee, the passionate paddler, for dropping by again this week. Uh, we've had him, well, it's your second time here now. Third? Second. It's second time. Second time here. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, for having you, thanks for having me back. Not a problem. I'm sure it won't be the last time. Like I said, you finally got to meet Derek and realize what I got to put up with every week. Or <laughs> <laughs> realize what I have to put up with. <laughs> uh, just talked about your 150 for 150 event on Canoe Lake, June 25th. Algonquin Park, 150 canoes for Canada's 150th birthday. Go to 150for150.com. That's 150for150.com. Also, EurekaTentsCanada.com. If you're looking for a new tent for the upcoming paddling season or you're looking for a small bug tent, check out their No Bug Zone Mesh Room. Uh, lightweight, nice, nice take on a, a canoe trip. Uh, something else to remember is we are hosting, Paddling Adventures Radio is hosting, the Real Paddling Film Festival, March 21st at the Tap and Tankard in Whitby. Uh, all the information's on our website and our Facebook page and check out, uh, the event when it is, all the ticket prices and everything. And if you want to check out past episodes of our show, we are now on iTunes. How exciting. It is. And you can find all that information as well on paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. So I'd like to thank everybody for checking us out this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time.